the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hello, and welcome to today's edition of Grace to Live with Pastor Keith Crosby, lead pastor of Hillside Church in San Jose, California. We're so thankful that you have joined us for today's program. The broadcast today will be part five of the Blueprint Teaching Series, in which we'll be studying John chapter 14. Now here's Pastor Keith with today's study. We are going through a series called Blueprint, and Blueprint, you know, every building has a blueprint. Every structure, every good structure, structures that are going to be built to last, has a blueprint, has a schematic that defines how it's shaped and how it will stand and what it will look like. And in ministry and in churches, we have our own blueprint. Ultimately, it's the Bible. That's the foundation for everything we believe. But a lot of times we summarize it in a statement of faith, which you would find on our website. And that's sort of like our blueprint. A blueprint isn't a full-color, three-dimensional rendering. It's, it's an outline of uh, structure, of the way something's organized. And so our blueprint as a church is our statement of faith. And in that statement of faith, we describe what we're going to be majoring on as a congregation. We want to major on the majors and a minor on the minors. And while we can't in one summary statement, cover everything. The statement of faith, if you're visiting us, gives you an indication of who we are and what we believe. And furthermore, as a body of believers, it tells us how we're going to minister together in unity in the days and the weeks and the months and the years to come. And so we're doing this blueprint series, going through... Uh, Normally, we preach through a passage systematically and sequentially, but right now we're going through different topics. We start out with the Bible, God, the human condition, who Jesus Christ is, and today we're going to talk about who the Holy Spirit is. Why is it important? Because that way we're unified around a common understanding, a common theology, which will drive our ministry forward together in harmony with one another. Blueprint's something like a road map. And, you know, I know that guys don't like road maps. We never ask for directions. We get lost. Our wives say, come on, ask this guy how to get there. But, you know, here's some, here's a, this is where you need a road map. So we have the blueprint. And today we're talking about the Holy Spirit. And I have to tell you, when it comes to the Holy Spirit, there's a lot we could talk about today. We could talk about the personality of the Holy Spirit, the deity of the Holy Spirit, the fact that the Holy Spirit can be grieved and things like that. But what we're going to do today is major on what is in our blueprint, our statement of faith. And even with that, there's a lot of confusion today. There are people, you know, human beings are beings of extremes, right? We have extreme sports, extreme this and extreme that. A lot of times we have extreme church. And when it comes to the Holy Spirit, there are often two extremes. Way over yonder which is a southern navigational term. (laughs) We have a group of people who aren't going to mention the Holy Spirit because if you do, who knows what's going to happen next. 
And so they live in fear of any discussion of the Holy Spirit. Way over out here in the lower 40, we have a group that is so, and I'm not pointing, and it's not like these people over here and these people over here. We have a group that is so obsessed with the Holy Spirit, they've almost forgotten the Father and the Son. And what we want to be as a congregation is a group that is biblically balanced. That we don't have an experiential worldview, an extreme worldview. We're not over here in that ditch or over there in that ditch. We are going right down the biblical center of the road, biblically grounded as to who and what and the Holy Spirit is. And so what I'd like to do is to read our summary statement in our statement of faith and then talk to you about the Holy Spirit. So what does our blueprint say about the Holy Spirit? It says this. We believe that the Holy Spirit, in all that he does, glorifies the Lord Jesus Christ. He convicts the world of its guilt. He regenerates sinners, and in him they are baptized into union with Christ and adopted as heirs into the family of God. He also indwells, illuminates, guides, equips, and empowers believers for Christ-like living and service. And here's where we really major on the majors here. So today's message is entitled Blueprint, the Holy Spirit's Primary Purposes. And we're going to talk about the primary ministries of the Holy Spirit. And to do that, we're going to go to the part of the Bible where the teaching on the Holy Spirit is the most detailed, the most extensive in all of the Bible where the teaching on the Holy Spirit is the clearest that it is. And it's what we call positive teaching on the Holy Spirit. In 1 Corinthians chapters 12 through 14, you have negative teaching on the Holy Spirit. You have what you're not supposed to do. But here we have how you're supposed to view the Holy Spirit. And our teacher is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. And the passage is found in John's Gospel... I love John's gospel. We're going to preach through it in some detail after Easter because every important concept that you need to understand about God in the Bible is found in John's gospel. And we begin with something called the upper room discourse. Let me set it up for you. This is the last teaching that Jesus gave before his crucifixion to his disciples. And so he's putting a huge priority on what he has to say. And you know, it begins in John 13 where it says, Jesus, knowing that his hour had come, he loved his disciples to the end. And what does he tell them about the Holy Spirit? Let's walk through John 14 through 16 about the Holy Spirit. We'll start out in verse 16, John chapter 14, verse 16. Jesus, leaving nothing to chance, tells them everything they need to know about the Holy Spirit so they can minister as his ambassadors in the days and the weeks and the months to come as they face tremendous hardship and persecution. What does he say in John 14, 16? I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. Notice here that he'll be with you forever. It's not like we have to call him down, you know, from on high to invoke some kind of, you know, pagan worship practice. He's with us and in us forever. He's everywhere we go. This is part of the omnipresence of God. We're never alone. Jump to verse 26. 
but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all that I have said to you. This is called illumination. It's not revelation. Because the Holy Spirit is going to bring to mind all that Jesus already taught them. He's going to illuminate their understanding. He's going to help them to recall what they've already heard. He's going to be with them and in them. And when the going gets tough, he's going to bring to mind what they need to remember at that moment. It's called illumination. John 15, verse 26. But when the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness of me. In a lot of contexts, it's almost like the Holy Spirit is center stage to the exclusion of all else. But what we're seeing here is the Holy Spirit has what we call a background ministry. God the Father and God the Son are in the foreground and he's calling attention to them. He's bringing glory to them. He's bearing witness to Jesus. And then in John 16 verses 7 through 11 we have this. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment because the ruler of this world has been judged. Here is some really encouraging news here particularly for all of us here who have loved ones who don't know Christ they know about God but they don't know God here is some helpful and encouraging buttressing news you might say is that the Holy Spirit when you talk to them about God he's going to convict them concerning sin righteousness and judgment you're just the waiter you deliver the meal he's he's the one who's going to make it smell attractive to them he's the one who's you know he's the one who's going to make it stick you're you're not orphans you're not on your own he's with you he's in you he's going to bring to mind the things you need to tell them that's illumination remembrance of what you've read or studied in the bible because jesus isn't here in in person teaching us today and he's going to convict them when you speak to them it's not about you it's not about you delivering the world's perfect gospel presentation prior to easter It's just about you being faithful. Bide in Christ, keep his word, and let him do the heavy lifting. And then um, we come to uh, chapter 16, verses 13 and 14. And when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority. But whatever he hears... He will speak and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. This comes back to the Holy Spirit serving in a background ministry and not being front and center. For him, it's all about Christ. It's all about the Father. He won't even speak a word on his own initiative. He won't even speak a word on his own authority because in the Trinity... While they are all equally and of the same nature and essence, God each has different roles and goals. And the Holy Spirit's role is to encourage and to comfort and to help us by keeping us focused on God and Christ, not distracted by doing card tricks or peculiar things in a church service. Now, do you see how 
this, these passages fit neatly into our worship service and how they fit neatly into our statement of faith. We believe that the Holy Spirit and all that he does glorifies the Lord Jesus Christ. We just talked about that. He convicts the world of its guilt. We just talked about that. He regenerates sinners and in him they are baptized into union with Christ and adopted as heirs in the family of God. He also indwells, illuminates, brings to mind the things that we've been taught, guides, guides us in all truth, equips and empowers believers for Christ-like living and service. When he takes up residence in you, you are able to do things in him that you could not do in your own strength. God never leaves us alone. These verses show that God has left nothing to chance in your life and in my life. But he's there with us, empowering us, encouraging us, strengthening us, using us to bring glory to his son and sinners to salvation. So what I'd like to do today is just talk about the three primary purposes or the three primary ministries of the Holy Spirit as taught by Jesus Christ in John, in the Gospel of John. And the first purpose of the Holy Spirit, the first ministry of the Holy Spirit, is to bring glory to Jesus. The Holy Spirit does not bring attention to himself or distract or detract from who Jesus is and that Jesus is first and foremost. Where do we see that? We see that in John 16, 13 through 14. When the Holy Spirit comes, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own initiative, authority. Whatever he hears, he speaks, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify himself. No, he will glorify me. For he will take what is mine and declare it to you. There's a lot in these verses that we could unpack here, but what you need to understand is the role of the Holy Spirit. His is a supporting ministry. The Father and the Son are are first and foremost. They call that functional subordination or economic subordination. What does that mean? It means God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, in whose name all these people were baptized, are all equally God. One God, three persons, as the old song used to say, blessed trinity. But each has different roles and goals. God is the architect of our salvation. Jesus Christ is the means of our salvation through his sacrifice. And the Holy Spirit is the one who empowers us for ministry and enables us to call attention to Christ. His goal is to glorify Christ so that people can be saved. His aim is to glorify Christ. He does not call attention to himself. Think of him as a player coach. God the Son is in heaven, seated at the right hand of majesty on high. God the Father, the throne room, the Holy Spirit down here with us, on the playing field. Think of him as a background musician. He's not playing lead guitar. He's not singing a solo. God the Father and God the Son are out front. They are in the lead positions. The Holy Spirit is in us. And he is seeking to glorify them through us. If you want to use computer terminology, he's the operating system. That's what's going on here. He has no intention of calling attention to himself, but he calls attention to Christ. And that's where balance comes in. That's where balance and ministry comes in. We don't want to be in that ditch over there. 
And we don't want to be in that ditch over there. We don't want to refuse to think or talk about the Holy Spirit. We want to understand the Holy Spirit. And we don't want to obsess with him and get distracted into peripheral, non-essential things. We want to understand him according to what Jesus teaches here. The living word and the written word as he speaks to his disciples about the Holy Spirit. He keeps Jesus, Jesus, the Son of God and God the Son and the Father front and center and he stays in the background. The emphasis is never on the Spirit but on the Father and on most particularly the Son. Where do we see that? Look at John 15, 26. But when the Helper comes, whom I will send to you, he's being sent from the Father by Jesus, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness to whom? To me. And who is me in that passage? Jesus. He has a different role than Jesus. It's like quarterback and lineman. The end of verse 26 emphasizes and intentions and intensifies our understanding of John 16, 14, where we read, he will bear witness of me, he will glorify me. We don't want to have an unbalanced view of the Holy Spirit. We don't want to overemphasize the Holy Spirit at the expense of the Father and the Son. That's against God's will. We want to be sane, we want to be balanced, we want to be biblical. We want to be Christ-pleasing and God-glorifying. That's purpose one. The Holy Spirit's ministry is to bring glory to God. God the Father and God the Son. To bring glory to Jesus. He is in a background ministry. The second ministry or the second focus or the second purpose of the Holy Spirit is this. He convicts the world of sin. Think of him as a catalyst for salvation. Think of him as an engine for connecting the heart to the message. Where do we see this? We see this in verse 7. Nevertheless, uh, John 16, 7 through 11. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. Who's speaking here? Jesus Christ. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go away, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is to be judged. Again, I could preach a series on that passage. But we're just hitting the highlights here as we go through this blueprint. There's so much confusion about the Holy Spirit. People emphasize all kinds of things. They overemphasize all kinds of things. They sometimes get hung up on the gifts or they talk about private prayer languages or whatever it is. But none of that is emphasized in this passage. None of it. This is Jesus Christ pouring into his disciples. Here's my final word before I go. And, and this is what he's emphasizing. He is equipping his disciples. And what does he emphasize? That the Holy Spirit convicts of sin. Sort of like a sanctified prosecutor. At the same time, he assures his people of righteousness. You know, if you're like me, and I hope that you're not, but if you were, you know, sometimes we do things that are stupid and we go, what was I thinking? 
How can I be saved and think that way? And the Holy Spirit assures you of your righteousness, that you belong to him. His spirit testifying with our spirit that we are children of God and of children heirs. The Holy Spirit is our comforter. In some translations, he's our helper. He reminds us who we are and whose we are. And he reminds the sinner that they're sinners. They may want to suppress the truth and unrighteousness, but he reminds them that they need a savior and that this savior has come to rescue them, to help them, to turn them away from sin, death, and hell and turn them toward eternal life, wholeness, healing, restoration. And while he's doing that, he's comforting you and me as we try to serve him in our own imperfect ways. He convicts the world concerning judgment. How? There are three ways implied here in this text. One, through the way that we live. They see something different in us, hopefully. They, they, they are convicted concerning, through preaching, the teaching of God's word, the presentation of the gospel, the explanation of the will of God, which is found only in the word of God, but also through the application of truth to the conscience. Paul writes in Romans 2, 15 and 16 this. They show the work of the law is written on their hearts. While their conscience bears witness and their conflicting thoughts accuse or even excuse them. Think about that. He's working on them even when you're not. He's making the message, in many cases, travel the 18 inches, metaphorically speaking, from the head to the heart. He's doing that for you. You're serving up the meal and he's making them hungry. He's wetting their appetite. He's making them thirsty for salvation and he's giving them understanding of how far from God they are and how close to God they can be. And he's using people like you and me, cracked vessels, common everyday people to be used by our uncommon, not so everyday God to do amazing things. And that's what the Holy Spirit is doing him. They don't call him the helper for nothing. He's in us and with us always. Look at John 14, 16 and 17. Another helper to be with you forever, forever, even the spirit of truth who the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him for he dwells with you and will be, and I won't get into the Greek grammar there, but that's a promise that he's in you and he's never leaving. You can't lose the Holy Spirit. He's in you. When you come to Christ, he takes up residence. He doesn't accept eviction notices and he doesn't take roommates. You know, there are people who say, well, I'm a Christian. I'm possessed by Satan. I can't be. It's impossible. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.